0: Afternoons with Pippa Hudson Hudson. and now Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola.
1: And we always love it when Wendy's with us in our Cape Town studio, which she is today. Great to have you here, Wendy. Thanks,
2: Pepe. I love being here as cold, cold as it is. is. Sorry about the
1: weather we've delivered. We are going to start with a, just a short follow up on last yes. week's honey story. And after that, we'll take a look at a new report on customer service before we open the lines after 1.30. Remember, you can phone in on any consumer topic on 021 446 0567. So uh, after we spoke about it last Wednesday, uh, honey made carte blanche last Sunday, Wendy. It
2: did. I actually had a, a sneak uh, tip-off that it was happening, um, and it went ahead. As said, um, it was about adulterated honey, but um, for those who might not have seen it, they revealed that tests conducted overseas on behalf of the SAB industry association, or SABIO, found that the honey produced by a Howick-based uh, company, Grandis Apries, contained super high levels of sugar. So the so-called honey is sold under the label Struckmayer's Honey Bee And another product described only as natural honey, which I'd bought myself, which claims to be raw, 100% South African choice grade, unfiltered, unheated honey. Um so there we were last week having a conversation about the Chinese having a reputation for adulterating honey which is significant to us because 70% of the, our honey of, thereabouts of our honey sold in South Africa is has got is a, an element of of Chinese honey in it or, or was completely um whereas you know as Carplant re- revealed here yeah, in the in the local industry to some extent as well it's the happening adulter- too It's happening just adding the good old sugar syrup um Staying with honey, I must make a correction. Last week, a caller, you might recall, Pippa, she phoned in and said she'd bought a bottle of Zambian honey, which did not state that it had been irradiated, because by law, honey that's imported into this country has to be irradiated to kill insects, bacteria, and other. foodborne pathogens to protect our local bees, partly. And I said, well, that had to be a labelling emission because I know of this this regulation. I've since been contacted by Kerry Lloyd on behalf of Zambezi Gold Honey, which is 100% pure Zambian, non-irradiated, raw, certified organic honey, to say that in September 2015, after quite a hard have fought battle. Zambia was granted permission to import honey into South Africa without it having to be irradiated. Okay. Which is significant. And I just had, I just did not know that that dispensation has happened, had happened. So I must apologize. Um, Thanks for putting me right, Kerry. So Zambian honey um, if it doesn't have that irradiation thing, it's because it doesn't have to be. There's a particular exception made for Zambia. For Zambia. Is it only for Zambia? Only for Zambia. As far okay. As I'm, as, that's what I was told, yes. Okay. So, okay. Thank you for,
1: for sitting us straight on that one. And thank you, Kerry, for letting us know uh, the added detail there. Okay. Um. We are going to move on from Honey, unless if there are any follow-up comments or or questions, or maybe you've gone out since then and done your own taste tests or taken another look at your bottle and found something you weren't expecting, I'm happy to take some follow-up voice notes as well. But we do want to focus today on the issue of customer service. And, I mean, Wendy, we, we... we know what it is, sort of instinctively, when we get good customer service and when we get bad customer service, but it's not the same thing to everybody. And some people are more tolerant of certain things than others are.
2: Yeah, and I mean, we we grew up so so in such different realities, generations ago. Mm. I mean, prior to the last twenty years, so some cultural groups are more tolerant of long queues, for example, than others for, for obvious reasons um, and um, the more I interact with customer service people, they'll say things like, there's a certain that's um, the white woman who will say, I want to speak to the manager now, right now <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, and so there they, they are different tolerances but it is possible to scientifically measure customer service and then use that measure to compare companies apparently but exactly how do you go about then Measuring. What is the measure? And, and then how do you establish how companies shape up against each, each other? That measure. Yeah. It's quite a scientific thing, apparently. So enter Audrey Shrouda, who specializes in just that customer experience, manage, ma- measurement rather, and management advising companies in many industries, both locally and internationally. He does. He's CEO of Consulta, a consumer rights consultancy. He founded it. He founded and chairs the South African Customer Satisfaction Index, which is an independent national benchmark of customer satisfaction. Consulta is the only African representative recognized by the International Customer Service Institute to prepare organizations to measure up to this international standard for service excellence. It's T-I-S-S-E pronounced T-I-S-E. And this very evening in Cape Town, he's giving a talk at the customer experience management summit entitled, um, Andre's talk is entitled with customer experience. Context is everything.
1: So we're getting a sneak preview on that talk right now. It's a great pleasure to welcome on the line founder and CEO of consultor Andre Schroeder. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon.
3: Good afternoon. My pleasure.
2: Okay. Thanks for joining us. Um, How do you, as we said in the prelim there, how do you go about establishing customer service standards by which companies can be measured? And is there a certain minimum standard which they have to deliver?
3: Yes, you most certainly can do that. And I always say that um, it's actually as basic as the the, the English saying goes, it's in the eye of the beholder. The standard is whatever the customer expects. So the, the the model basically means that uh, we start off with a cornerstone of customer expectations, and we can quantify that. Then we measure on the same same approach. We measure the actual experience. So what did you get? And then there's an apparent gap. Either the gap is lower, which is usually the case, unfortunately. Yeah. Then it means that customers are disappointed. Mm. <laughs> if the like gap is is equal, so it means meeting expectations. then it's it's like you know. Blah. It's, I've met my expectations, but it's definitely better than, than, than worse. Um, and the, the, the light part is where the customer experience is better than your expectation.
4: So you wow so them.
3: Yeah, you wow them. It's delight, customer, excellence, whatever you want to call it.
2: Okay, so give us an example of a standard that you're talking about now where, some, where a company You're saying, unfortunately, many are below. What sort of standard would, would a, a, a company then fail quite spectacularly?
3: Well, one of the, the, the standards that, that the South African uh, the companies are are still failing in is, for instance, let's take an industry um, such as mobile wireless. Uh, mobile oh,
1: data. don't <laughs> <we> get <laughs> us started. We could do a month of shows on that, <laughs> yeah. Andre.
3: And here is, is typically the type of thing. And we know that the regulator is looking into that. And it just fails to understand the logic. Why do I lose my data? when when the month you know is finished um you know those expectations um actual consistency of res- uh, reception um so we can men- uh, mention quite a number of things but it's all down to what do they really expect and they expect that basic service that they pay for um, so that's the one area that we co- get continually disappoint- uh, disappointed disappointed okay. in and then that couples with values you know so therefore because i'm disappointed i don't feel that i get value
2: of course mm. Okay, so I, I'm, I'm told there's a new um, to see standard that's been released by the International Customer Service Institute. How do South African companies then generally shape up to those new standards, revised standards?
3: Yeah, here's an interesting um, uh, little factoid is that South African, um, the old South African industry, if I can call it that, on the consumer side, is we have quite a diverse society as nobody else need, i n- don't need to tell anybody else but what we have and you just mentioned last, uh, i was waiting about you know customers that are used to standing in long queues right up to you know the the uh, sort of let's call it first world santon um you know cape town city you know person that says listen if i stand in the queue for more than five minutes it's too much so the, the I, want yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to see the manager. Yeah, I want to see the manager's think, and, and, and exactly that difference in the expectations is then captured into the degree to which we meet expectations. So you would find it interesting that South Africa consistently scores in the customer satisfaction benchmarking. We're scoring within the top three to five countries in the world. Really? Wow. Uh, yeah, that is, that is quite interesting. But that does not mean that our customers are necessarily satisfied. Because let me give you an example. The U.S. in 2017 had an average of 76.8. South Africa was scoring a 75.4. And people say to me, but how is that possible? Do you remember it's relative to the expectation? So Uh, our expectations are really low, in other
4: words.
3: Yeah, so it's, you know, I always say it's actually still a part of our, our dark history, you know, before democracy is that people were so used to shoddy service that that became the expectation and only slowly but surely they realized they're actually entitled to better service so expectations are rising much faster than the rest of the world but we're still not at that level where people say you know what i'm entitled to good service and i can actually demand that so social media plays a role and things like that so our standards are still fairly low by comparison but because the expectations are also low customers are on average, not in unhappy.
2: Oh, okay. So hence, that's the context we're talking about. Or mm. Is, that, is that, that what you mean by... Ah, okay. I thought I perhaps that, you yeah. meant another part of that perhaps would be when we spoke off-air, you said, uh, we raised the question of how do you then compare, say, the service, customer service offered by a high-end service provider like Palace of the Lost City, whatever, or some of the many the fun, five-star, five-star hotel. hotels we have around yeah. Cape Town, to hmm. a two-star road lodge kind of set-up, yeah. basic offering. They, How do you compare the two where the price point and the expectations are completely different?
3: Yeah, it's because the expectations are different. So we've got an algorithm that we use to actually... Um, count in the, the expectations. So ah, let me see. give you an example. So uh, Palace of Lost City, my expectation is, you know, paying a 5,000 rand for a room there. I obviously will have a, an expectation of a fragrance in the room and <laughs> the toilet paper corners being turned around, cotton in, sheets. And, you know, yeah. cotton sheets, all of that, you know. But when I do that, uh, two star sort of next to the road, um, staying over for, a, for a flight into Joburg, yeah.
0: um,
3: then it's just a room. Uh, and I, must I be pay clean. my agent. A bed and with but, clean sheets. It must yeah. Be clean. It yeah. Must be clean, you know, and that's it. And the price point is relative to that. Okay. So the expectation reflects the price point, reflects the actual perception. So it's actually possible for the two star hotel to outperform Palace of Lost Lovely. Based uh, on the because track, of the algorithm. Exceed the yeah. Exactly. That.
1: Yeah. Okay. Let's talk, Andre, about where companies get it wrong. Can you give us some examples of the more common mistakes that come up that companies are making? Uh, uh, the, the sort of basic errors that you encounter time and
5: again?
3: Yeah. I think the, the the one thing that this afternoon I'm going to share with the delegates is the fact that South Africans are still, you know, not great at learning through complaints. So people phone call centers, they complain about something, then the call center agent would take the call, um, and then I hope that it wouldn't happen again, but most certainly then other customers experience the exact same thing. So getting back to the root cause and eradicating the cause of the problem is still one of our biggest battles in South Africa. Whereas we are great at resolving the... will uh, give you an example. The international benchmark for a resolution of uh, complaints is higher than 50%. South Africa stands at 55%. So we're already into a world-class how we handle complaints. Yeah. But when it comes to the number of complaints that reoccurs, world-class benchmark lower than 10%. Sure. South Africa stands at 15%. So we're much higher than the average of the world. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a pity
2: because out of those problems, there's an opportunity to grow um, so and, and to change your, your, your motor's operating mm. as a company. And yet if that's not happening, what a, what a waste.
3: Yeah, that's exactly that. So that's the, the, the very first one that, that I can mention. And the other one is to actually keep, um, keep tabs on the changing expectations. You know, the South African landscape is changing at a rapid speed and customer expectations, as I say, even in your entry-level markets are changing so fast because, you know, social media is happening, people are talking, they're realizing they have certain consumer rights yeah. and therefore the expectations are, are climbing at a staggering rate and as fast as companies are not keeping up with that. Okay. So w- what we see over the well, last six years, the South African average satisfaction has actually come down.
1: Sure. Okay. okay. Because
3: of rising expectations, so we keep on delivering it ex- pretty much the same. But as expectations are coming down, you can actually imagine the algorithm then says we are worse off.
2: Okay. Got it. And that's a lot to do with social media, I would imagine, where people are reading other uh, the graphs on our public, and you can see, mm. oh well, that, you yeah. know that I was do- hard done by in that situation. I don't have to accept it. I shouldn't accept it. Yeah. Audrey, can you give us a couple of examples of the sort of corporate behaviors which uh,
1: customers find most annoying and and alienating? Are are there a couple of concrete examples you can share?
3: Yes, it's definitely the type of things that when you are really at the end of your tether and you've done the false center, you've done the writing, you've done the social media threatening and whatever else. And now you want to speak to someone in authority the biggest frustration of the South African consumer is being blockaded and literally stonewalled to not get to the top officials. Mm. And, you know, that that is a real travesty. Because if you can actually have um, access to people to, uh, you know, the, the the point that you can actually escalate this to the CEO, I'm of the opinion, and I've seen it happening in a couple of companies where the companies have set themselves up in such a way things immediately change when the CEO starts to realize, hang on, but we are not really, you know, listening to customers' complaints to the level that they are feeling that they are heard. And that's the reason why we have ombudsmen and we have mm-hmm. regulators stepping in and whatever else. So that is the corporate behavior that I think CEOs in South Africa needs to realize, is that they are public um, representatives of their company. They not call office officials that never get to see the customers. Yeah. They need, they really need to be this... That will come of, as a
2: big surprise to, to many some of them, address.
3: yeah. <laughs> Look at Richard Branson. You know, he's always conversing with customers and whatever else, and he's really the, the biggest PRO of, of, of Virgin um, uh, and he's not the typical CEO. Yeah. Whereas if you take the South African, C, uh, South African CEO, it's still a bit more conservative. Although there's a couple of them that change. Let's take RB Jacobs of F&B, <laughs> which, which was started off by F&B and previous CEO, Michael, John, changed that. He would tweet personally on a customer that would complain. That is that is the benchmark of the example that I, I'm giving. So mm. more CEOs should follow that example.
4: Yeah, yeah.
1: Interesting one to talk about expectation, because expectations are not the same from one person to another, and uh, it's not just a cultural issue. I think it's also an age issue, Audrey. I mean, I think of uh, I know when my mom has a customer service complaint, the element of the apology is very important to her. When I have one, I don't really care so much about the apology, I just want the thing fixed. Um, is that something you take into account how those expectations might be- vary from generation
3: to generation? Yeah, that's exactly why we measure it that way. You know, um, if I can show you how the expectations are different between generations, you know, millennials accept what they say always higher. You would be quite surprised if They if they accept something different. They they almost in a moment fast food type mindset. You know, it's I want it and I want it now. So they send off an online or a social media post. They don't want to wait for a 48 hours SLA, service level agreement that's turnaround time they want it immediate
5: yeah Whereas half an hour
3: someone that it's sort of in the, the middle 50s or 40s whatever they would still phone the calls and um, expect to wait uh, and so the expectations are different
2: yeah hmm. yeah absolutely um are you going to name the companies? You mentioned f b there with the tweets. Any other companies come to mind as, as um, shining examples of really getting their customers um, and, and, and making the link between offering superb customer service and being yeah. sustainable as a, com- as a company?
3: Yeah. Let me mention you the top five brands when mm-hmm. it comes to over the last five years about consistency uh, with this algorithm that we're measuring in the uh, the SICSI, Nando's, right up there. Huh?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Capitec,
4: right. at the bank. Yes. I've
3: shown the big banks with quite a bit of, you know, kicked some some dust in their eyes. <laughs> then Wool, Wool, Woolworths, you know, uh, this is a high-end type part of the premium brand, but they are consistently performing well in the food as well as the clothing retail.
2: Right.
3: And, um, on the fast food, debonairs, um is, is doing very well. And then a surprising one, if I can mention a sixth one, is pep stores in clothing. Right. They, they beat you the likes of Mr. Price because pep stores have a good price point, but good quality clothing. You know, if you've got small kids, people would know pep mm. stores is a, is a good buy. Yes. Um,
2: yeah.
3: And they compare very well with the likes of Woolworths, which is significantly higher by way of pre- uh, average pre- premium. Um, Good to so know.
2: Good to brands Good yeah. punt for yeah. those for so, yeah those brands, yeah. And and Good to the Good of know. Good to know. of to of Good to um, engaged with media directly, and he also engaged with consumers who had grabs directly. That was one of his things. He took yeah. very seriously. So there you, see, you the, the see the impact result. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Andrei, thank you so much for for sharing those insights with us today. And uh, yeah, lovely to have you me, in yeah. Cape Town. Your audience in for obviously a fuller uh, explanation yep. at the talk later on today.
3: No, certainly. Thank you for having me.
1: Thanks, Andre. Andre Schroeder, the founder and CEO of Consulta. Uh, after the news, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that one. Are you surprised to hear those brands he's mentioned as being the consistent uh, winners in the customer service department? Are there particular customer service things that grate you your personal irk that everybody gets wrong or you really wish people would learn to get right if you want to share some thoughts with us leave a voice note on 0725671567 or give us a call on 021-446-0567.
0: cake talk consumer talk call us now on 46-0567.
1: So we will move into the open line segment. You can phone in on any customer service issue or consumer issue. There are a few people responding on that conversation with Adre. Uh, uh an SM, sorry, a WhatsApp from Zuki saying, "I'm an F& B customer, and I find at RB. Jacobs utterly useless. <laughs> uh, so there we go. Uh, Shelly and Fishuk wanting to co- uh, comment on customer service. Good afternoon, Shelley.
4: Hi, Hi there, Papa and Wendy. Um, I actually, I've got, first of all, just a quick comment on your guest findings and figures, mm. um, that was so unrelatable that I found myself thinking, did he get a mix-up and somehow get figures into his hands from another country? <laughs> how so? unreal- Yeah, um, because how we, what we speak about socially, uh, what's on various consumer sites, what's on, sent on people's lists about various products, services, companies, is diametrically opposed to almost everything that he said. So yeah, that's that's my first comment on that. Right. Um, yeah, I I recently had an experi two experiences, both happened in the space of about ten days. So it's sort of quite a good before and after um, picture to paint. I had one experience where I purchased an item. Can I use uh, company names? Sure. So. Names? Okay. So I'll start with my good experience. I had a, I purchased an item from Checkers, one closest to me. And uh, it was a shower curtain, and it actually rubbed off. But over a period of about, I think maybe only in the fifth or six months, it rubbed off and died off onto and into the bath so cool. deep that nothing would take it off. Um, I normally don't go via call centers. Um, I ignore them, and I find head office numbers, and I go directly to the person at the top or who I hope is at the top. So to to save my time and energy. And um, I got the head buyer, I think it was the head buyer, and um, told him my story. And he was amazing. And I told him just there and then, this is what happened. And I'm told I have to use a particular product to get this off the bath. I want a refund, please, for my shower curtain. And this is what the item that's going to remove the stain is going to cost. No problem, he said. Um, Went in, organized everything the next day, beautiful, all turned out smoothly, got my refund, got what the item I needed to remove the stuff would cost. He even phoned the following day in his busy schedule and wanted to resolve, know if everything had been resolved and wanted to know if everything was okay. Great follow-up. Beautiful. That was wonderful. (laughs) In stark contrast, I had an experience with Diskem, also my local one. Um, this came at the best of times here, and I've also noticed in other suburban stores is like a graveyard. Perhaps this might be a major contributing factor. I bought um, a virgin cold-pressed coconut oil under the Cocoa Plus label um, that they supply. There's three kinds of coconut oils, so there's this virgin cold-pressed. Which uh, is different from the other two I don't know if you know anything about coconut oil No,
1: let's, uh, let's, sorry, Shelley, we haven't got too long I've got other people waiting to speak to us Could you just get to the end of it, yeah
4: Yeah, yeah. So, okay, basically, unlike the other two Virgin cold-pressed coconut oils That's what it states on the label Should be sort of opaque in texture and colour And uh, sort of transparent Mm -hmm. And it's um, anti-everything And I do a lot of natural remedies for people and animals so it was vital that this had to be right. Um, only I dashed out on the quick because um, I had an urgent last-minute order in, only to find that this was not the virgin coconut oil, but one of the other two in one of those jars. But I had to use it because uh, it was an order that was going up the next day. Okay, so how did they resolve we? it, Yeah, How did they resolve it? Yeah. So, well, they didn't really. I I phoned head office and I got a whole long technical response. And we have to see the product. We have to see the product. I took the product back. Um, it took a week and a half. She said, No, no, we can't do anything at all until we see the product. It wasn't resolved, and I was interrogated on the phone once more as if I was a, a criminal, and not them. And uh, A week or two weeks later, I got a response which was highly technical, which must have just been passed directly on to their legal representative, I would imagine. There was no humanity there, there was no apology, there was no nothing, um, and it was how not to, to consume a service.
2: Shelly,
1: okay. thanks uh, for those comments. And it really proves the point, Wendy. What Shelly was saying, I'm surprised at what your guest said because I'm aware of so many complaints. It's so much of a personal experience. And, and I mean, as Shelly was speaking to us saying how amazing the experience at Checkers was, I received one WhatsApp from somebody else saying that Checkers manager is a rare and wonderful man. I wish she'd mentioned which branch it was. Well, it's in the South <laughs> it Peninsula. Was a, it was a barbecue bu- um,
2: went up to head office. To
1: head office, she yeah. Spoke to the buyer. But in the same minute, I get a message from someone saying, how Bay Checkers, Upgraded their store to an awesome new look with wonderful products, but unfortunately, they have neglected to train or improve the attitude of staff. So, in my opinion, the upgrade was a waste. A lot of it comes down to your personal, personal perception of what customer service yes. means. Yes, yeah,
2: and, and and shaped by your your cultural and. Um, yeah you know, whatever your 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 experience um in your life and your how your parents were as consumers which shaped the way you mm-hmm. are there's there's so much that goes into it psychology that goes into it, but thank you for sharing. I think most of us have a pretty universal idea of what um it feels like to be treated well as a customer and what it feels like to be treated with disdain or even worse if not contempt yes.
1: yeah Marie and Betty's Bay agrees wholeheartedly with Adre about Pep saying I absolutely love our Pep Boutique in Clainmont uh, and uh, Marie thank you so much for your uh, feedback on the SMS line somebody else flagging Nespresso as having the best contact centre which is so helpful to customers Kathy in Durbanville wants to chat about her personal customer service gripe Kathy, good afternoon
5: good afternoon Pepper. I have two general gripes the mm-hmm. one being I always take my own bags to shop well done and a plastic bag gets scanned automatically without Oof, asking your Yeah, I want I that one. as well. Yeah. And out of principle I demand my money back, whether it's fifty five or seventy cents, oh, I do yes. not want the bag. And my second gripe is the lack of in service training of how to pack your groceries. If I've given you five bags, why do you want to put two two and a half kilograms of sugar and two two and a half kilograms of flour into one bag? And put I- Avos under your your bottle of oil if you've given them enough bags and I just feel that 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 is that is a big
1: gripe of mine. Kathy, thank you. And those are two uh, those are two irritations I've experienced as well. Exactly the same as as you've just listed. Yeah, yeah. some
2: are are wonderful. I mean, yeah. you try and do it yourself to make things speed up, and you just feel completely useless because it does. You lack the flair of the professional. But yes, there are some. I have a thing in in summer in Durban. You can imagine the temperatures. So I take yeah. ice bricks and a cooler bag, and I've never yet met a pack who doesn't understand that cold. Called their sinks. Sinks, yes. Well, so they'll put them at the bottom and I have to say. You put them, and I do it nicely as an educational thing. But it amazes me that they've that they don't know that, that they haven't educated their staff yeah. to to do that.
1: Yeah. Now here's an interesting challenge to Shelley. So Shelley, with her her issue um, at Checkers, went straight to the head buyer, and somebody's WhatsApp saying customers like that lady are a nightmare to deal with. Why ignore the store and the storefront processes? It's disrespectful to the frontline staff and undermines people. Do you agree that she did the right thing going straight to head office, or should she have tried through the store itself?
2: Look, she's probably um taken that route um after having had unsuccessful attempts um of In the doing past, it. Yep. so she's decided she actually said something like I decided to save myself a whole lot of time and trouble. But I would agree from a store's point of view, it makes um sense to try and resolve it at that level. um but I can perfectly understand that there are times when that doesn't work, but yeah, um. We do have so many options available. Some people prefer to go straight on, onto Twitter and make it public that way, which I say, mm, tempting if it's something really bad. But why don't you approach the company first mm. um, and give them an opportunity to do the right thing before you go and make it uh, splash it publicly? That's just my feeling, Okay. Um, to be fair. But, yeah, we do have options, and I suppose it's up to each of us to decide which one's going to work best. For us,
1: fair enough. Uh, we'll open the lines to other topics on oh two one four four six oh five six seven. Colleen, uh, echoing the praise for Checkers in Sun Valley, saying the manager there is professional and very efficient, and all of my issues are sorted out promptly and with a smile. So, Colleen, thank you. It sounds like actually could well have gone direct to the store in that case and got a similar uh, experience from the store manager as she did uh, from the, the head buyer. So, thanks for that feedback. Um, I want to change tack, if I may, and it's it's still a customer service issue, but. We we had an email uh, in from Shamima during the week, Wendy, Yes, um, with a very tricky one. She had two coats that were at the dry cleaners, Harrington's Dry Cleaners in Wetton, when the place burnt down. Uh, this was in June okay. this year. And she said, initially, I was told by the staff there that we'd be able to claim for compensation for the goods that were damaged. Just over a week ago, that changed. And I've now been told... I'm not able to claim. She's had conversations with various people at various branches and even at head office and uh, been told that on the back of the slip, um, it states that they are not liable for losses incurred due to fire. Uh, her point, she says, um, uh, this is the first time I've actually seen those terms. Head office confirmed there's no liability on their side. I must claim from my insurance and they do not have insurance cover for the goods of customers. So her question is threefold. <laughs> Firstly, is that fair to consumers? We leave our goods with the dry cleaner completely at our own risk. Secondly, Aren't they obliged to point those terms out to us when we drop off the goods? She says the terms were not visible in the reception area. And thirdly, should the dry cleaners not be required to have insurance cover for something like that? So she concedes the terms were on the slip that she signed. She just didn't read them. They were on the back of the slip. It okay. wasn't pointed out to her that they Ideally, were there. Ideally,
2: there should have been a sign-up, but that's the lesser issue. Yeah. It's quite tricky. Uh, I've. Over the years that I've been doing this, I've had countless complaints about dry cleaners. And I have to say, in general, they're not very quick among industries to take responsibility for their mistakes. So now the CPA is clear that companies, whether they're servicing your car or repairing your watch or or dry cleaning your clothes, they have a, a duty to... Um, take professional care of your goods, right? And if they, it's, it's quite a long explanation of the acts that I won't go into, but mm-hmm. it, it boils down to, to take due, due care of your goods. And if they fail to do so, they are responsible. So if you hand your goods in and the, the jacket shrinks or whatever, um, they need to, what they'll often do is blame the, the goods and the fabric or whatever, but they accepted it for dry cleaning. And, and in that case, I would say yes, or, or if it comes back with extra stains or whatever, yeah. right? But in a case of a fire, you can't, they can't be held negligent, right? Unless yeah. there's a huge forensic investigation that actually does, um, point to that fact, in which case most consumers wouldn't have access to that information. But yeah. generally in, in a fire situation, um, Unfortunately, my feeling is, um, without having gone into it, but, um, but based on what I know about the Act, that they would have an out there and um, that the consumer would be required to have their own insurance um, your, under all risks or whatever that okay. would cover cover that. So it's not um, a blanket thing that they are rec- they are responsible in all cases. But I will say that dry cleaners are a tricky bunch when it comes to taking responsibility for damage or loss um when it comes to as in general there must be exceptions exceptions but i say before you you hand your your clothing or your curtains or whatever it is over to a dry cleaner examine their terms and conditions and quiz them if something goes wrong and you don't do a proper professional job and you ruin my goods what will what, what what would your response be yeah. I mean, really, we should be asking these questions more often Routinely. of service yeah. providers, yes, so that we know what we're Inter- letting ourselves in for. Yeah, but interesting
1: example here because Caroline's just SMSed saying my daughter's top was stolen when a Harrington's truck was broken into and they paid her out in you see? full. Oh,
2: that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, again, that's a tricky one because you – you couldn't necessarily point a finger at the company for being negligent in that matter either. Crime, crime is a reality. This, this, mm-hmm. the, what did she say? This, this, Stolen the from was, a truck
1: when the truck was broken into.
2: Bro- well, that would depend. Was it properly secured? Maybe it has been parked
1: while somebody ran in to use in the new. In that case, and, it would be negligent. Yeah, then it was negligence. And they can, but they could, have a, in any yeah. event,
2: they chose to pay out. So clearly, they do take responsibility in some cases. And I would say a fire would be an, 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 an example of a case where they wouldn't be liable. Okay. We've got Max on the
1: line from TableView who's an insurance broker and oh, I think wants to comment. Max, thanks for calling in. Good afternoon.
3: Hi, I was an insurance broker. You were, for okay. Years. Okay, and I've insured quite a number of dry cleaners and laundrettes over that period of time. Okay. And the answer is very simple. Um, you do sign away your, your liability and everything else and the indemnity that you sign, but there's a but nevertheless. They can add to their policy customers' goods on the premises. And I've had burglaries, I've had uh, wedding dresses stolen and things like Ooh. that. And they were fully covered. So, if um, for goodwill, more than anything else, yeah. what the dry cleaner should do is just add customers' stock, customers' liability, increase some insurance, and um, that could be the easy way out. Okay. And From- it creates tremendous goodwill, and that is factual.
2: Okay. From a CPA point of view, um, we're always required to sign these indemnities that sign away, even the companies. Negligence. They say they are not liable. Yeah. You can't contract outside of the law. So mm. if in a case of negligence, whether you signed that thing in whatever terms and conditions they decided to come up with on their own, the CPA would trump so even if you've signed one, I often get asked All that. that. Yeah. Yeah, you, they, a company cannot contract outside of the law. Max, thank you so much
1: for that very helpful feedback. It's the same with labour law. Uh, um, you can't contract out of the basic conditions yes, of employment. Exactly. I know that these the, the, the law trumps the contract yes. in this case. Max, appreciate your, your input. Uh, Brian in Westlake, good afternoon to you. Thanks. Brian, are you there? Fine is not there, so we'll carry on uh, to a tweet from KK, who purchased a second-hand car recently for the first time. Uh, said, I paid in full. I have the car but no logbook. The owner claims to have lost the logbook. Neither will he complete the change of ownership forms. And when I ask, I get abusive emails from his secretary. I don't know what to do. Should I go to police?
2: I think certainly go to the police and and, um, sign an affidavit um, stating the matter because now he doesn't actually legally own the car, yeah, which is unfortunate. And you know, show your you was hopefully there was a receipt for the money yeah. that he paid over, and I'd also then go to the licensing department. Um, they must be familiar with this scenario and ask what you can do. Armed with that affidavit, there must be some kind of solution. But what happened there is fraud, yeah, because he's got legal ownership of the car. He might not have the car, but he could steal the car and and legally own it with all the papers. I mean, it's just. Uh, appalling it's one of the dangers of um a private sale again as you mentioned last week yeah thank you okay i think we've got brian back good afternoon brian yeah
3: hello Pippo. hi good afternoon to you
1: hi you wanted to comment about plastic bags i think
3: yeah yeah i think the big companies shop checkers will with all of them um are missing out you know when you go and place your goods out of your basket the first thing the ladies will ask you is did you would you like a bag and I think they should simply just change that to say, "Did you bring a bag?"
2: <laughs> yeah, I think it's brilliant advice, but, uh, Brian. Yeah, uh, yeah. The question yeah. actually is is indicative of the number of South Africans that are still buying plastic bags every time, which we need to move away from, from. Absolutely, because be- they take that as this, as the default, and that's why so many just automatically will ring up the bags, and it drives me mad. Like, I'm standing there with my bag. And they're still they picked up to ring. Yeah. yeah.
1: Brian, but I like your idea of flipping it just and encouraging it. them to say, people have mindful. you brought your bags? Yeah. Yes. A- and change it's a the mindset. Idea. Uh, call of the day, Brian. Thank you. Uh, we have just finished plastic free July and I made my pledge <laughs> so yesterday uh, to, um, to finish the month on, 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 I mean, I've got a huge stash of, so right. of reusable bags that simply go with me in my handbag and, and no problem. Yeah. Mm. If everybody got into the habit of doing that, that mindset would change. But I like Brian's idea of actually encouraging this, the, the shops. Cause it's a question in your mind.
2: the unsaid part is why not. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, A lot of this comes down to communication issues. And here's an interesting one from somebody on the WhatsApp line. It was Christine who says, ABSA seems to have a technical problem with their internet banking at the moment. I've struggled with problems today. A client of mine has been struggling since Friday and not a word from ABSA. Uh, Now, I think most people understand... Technical glitches do happen, but how Mm. difficult is it to send out a communication saying, we're experiencing a difficulty, please bear with us. In a
2: social media age, what they must do, and I always tell corporates this, do a pinned tweet. It comes up. When people go on to look for information, there it is. And, um, you know, it's – they don't want to – publicly admit to a problem perhaps but the downside is people expect it now and they respect they expect it and they respect it when they see it. So never be afraid on your website, have a little thing saying we're currently we're working on it, just some communication. It's like when your plane's delayed and they tell you nothing. I mean, it it can't be worse. Communication can only make a situation better. Better, yeah.
1: I'm smiling because, as you mentioned, the airlines, <laughs> I've got a tweet from Bubbles saying, Mango Airlines, the worst customer service under the sun. Their staff are not trained in how to deal for customers. This goes for their customer service counters at the airport and their call centers. We we're actually planning a whole segment on airline gripes, uh, are. Bubbles. So if there is a particular incident you'd like to relate to us, please just drop an email either to Wendy or to me. Wendy is consumer at nola.co.za K-N-O-W-L-E-R I'm Pippa H at capetalk.co.za and if there's a particular issue or incident you'd like to flag for us please do let us know and we'll feed that into the segment we're planning on uh, the airline industry because there are lots of commonly occurring and recurring gripes, Wendy
2: Absolutely, so we, I think probably two weeks from now we'll yep. be doing that one and okay. I think that's going to be a very lively show I'm sure what the
1: lines are going to ring <laughs> off the hook With that let's say hello to Shahid who's on the line from Hereville. good afternoon
0: Uh, I just wanted to ask uh, your guest there You know, I had a contract with uh, Yalcom, what I call Yalcom
4: (laughs) You're not alone
0: You know, and um, I've been struggling for a year and a half To get my contract cancelled With him Did you hear our our
2: show on that one? We did a whole show on just that
1: Recently and
0: I just wanted to find out Is there any recourse in getting my money back For that year and a half That I had to pay for my contract That I really didn't want this service.
2: So, so let me get this right you you have a record of canceling but they continued to debit your account for a service that you what weren't getting or that you were getting but didn't want
0: that I got what I didn't want you know because I wanted to cancel it because I wanted to go over to a new server another service provider because you know for me the service was crap and <laughs> I didn't like it anymore okay. and I wanted to move over to another service I canceled it got them to fax it Directly from a direct store to these cancellations. I did it via email. I, you know, went through all the different processes. And I struggled, and eventually, after a year and a half,
2: oh, uh,
1: if
0: not more, that I only got it cancelled.
1: Uh, yeah, we I have, have had so many, every of, day,
0: those. many yeah. of
2: them. The, the tricky part when you're talking about a refund, though, is did you actually make use of that service, even though you didn't, you'd didn't cancelled it? But did you make the calls, or did you use the data, whatever it was that they were billing yeah, you for? But,
0: but I was actually forced into using it because I couldn't change could my number, and how's my customer going to get hold of
2: me? No, I, yeah. I get need it. To
0: just because of one customer, I mean, no, the other company, they don't want to cancel my service.
2: Yeah, the difficulty yeah. there is that you made use of the service, so trying to get in to quantify your, your your refund is difficult because. I mean, I get that you it was under sufferance. You didn't choose to, but, um, the fact is that you, you did get something for your spend. So it is a tricky one. I don't know how you compensate someone for having to, <laughs> being forced to continue with a service that would, would have to to think about but it's it's complicated
1: okay maybe we'll stew over that one I uh, uh, As, as yeah. his
2: point but but as yeah. I said it's complicated by the fact that that he did because use you the have service. carried on using the yes. service so there is yeah. something
1: to be paid for a uh, yes. fair point yeah difficult one and you're not alone is all I can say we, we continue to receive on a weekly basis complaints about telecom cancellations still um let's say hello to Anthea in Somerset West good afternoon Anthea
4: Hi there. I uh, high-five to Johan, the manager of Pick and Pay in Somerset Mall. I had, in the last two years, I've had two aims um, digital microwaves that had rusted. And he just phoned me now to tell me that he has found um, uh, one for me to replace, not an AIM, and it will be delivered tomorrow. So, Johan, I said to him,
2: well done. (laughs) <laughs> well, That's on, fantastic service. Yeah. I often hear pick and pay managers of pick and pay managers actually personally delivering or, or customer care, and mani- you know, I've had that experience. Yes. I, I they, can't, it's obviously it's, something yeah. they're in, in, in empowered and encouraged to, to do. do yeah. yeah,
1: I can't remember what the nature of the complaint was. It was so long ago, but I clearly remember that the manager of Pick and Pay an Observatory arrived on my doorstep with the replacement goods and a huge bunch of flowers to apologise. And they do cetera. this. They, yeah. I don't know
2: about you, but I my married name is not the same as my work name, and. They don't do it because we're in media. They are in the it same position. We're just, yeah. we're just customers who had, yes. a, had
1: an issue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right, we've got another call from Somerset West, and this one is Annette. Good afternoon, Annette. Sorry, I'm just struggling. There we go. Got you. Sorry, Annette. My, my uh, Finger okay. problem on my side. Good afternoon.
5: Hi. Um, the bottom line is MTN is charging me for a product that I do not own, and I have written them several emails and nothing happens. Um, it's now been escalated to four department for the past two uh, months, but nothing has happened.
2: Is this a case, Annette, of somebody opening, uh, taking out a contract in your name and getting the cell phone and you left uh, paying the bill for it, for the contract? I
5: think so. I'll tell you what, what happened is I ordered a pocket router from MTN in October last year. They then sent me a dongle, which was the wrong product, which I returned, um they kept on charging me for it. I eventually took it to the Ombudsman and they then stopped it and refunded me. Then the next month since February they charging me for a cell number which I do not own with data.
2: Okay, so that's straight fraud. Um you're welcome to send me an email about that, Annette, and I'm sure I can get that sorted out. Through your contact easily. at MTN, yes, through their okay. media office, they they are pretty efficient. Um, and if, do you have a, an affidavit stating that you didn't open that account? Have you done all yes, that? Okay, and if I you sent
5: could it to them. Okay, yes. so
2: just resend it to me with a couple of lines at the top about how long you've been battling to get this sorted out and what you're owed as a refund. Most importantly, um, and and I'll I'll pass it on for Thank you. Thank you, Wendy. So, Annette, you're going to send that to consumer at
1: nola.co.za, K-N-O-W-L-E-R. Please put in the subject line, Cape Talk MTN Fraud. And Wendy will Something keep her like eyes that. out for yes. that mail and, and pick it up for you. And I hope we're able to get it uh, sorted out for you. In closing, um, uh, a very good comment here, I think, on the WhatsApp line, um, saying any bad stuff... Only look to the managers for blame. Uh, is it as simple as that, Wendy? It's the manager's duty to make sure that your your staff working in in the front line with your consumers. I would agree. Are with trained that. up.
2: I would agree with that. It's it's a lack of um lack of, uh, well, management doing their jobs because that is their job. Um, and and so I always say report it, um, in a nice way, in in a constructive way, and just say you have a weak link there. The same way yep. that I report when I come into contact with an exceptional um staff member, whether it on an aeroplane or whatever, in a supermarket or wherever, I always make a point of going to the manager and saying, You have a gem there. Yeah. I hope you appreciate them. And likewise I'll say you need to do a bit of a customer Training, training intervention with, there. Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't have to be done in an ugly way, but it's, it's all in the interests It's in the interest of improving the service levels service for, all for all of us. us, which is where we began with the show.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, it's been a really interesting one. Wendy, lovely to have you with Thanks us and we'll chat that. again next week. We'll do.